Hello and welcome to episode 109 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howitt, I'm joined as ever by my good friend Christopher Taylor, and we're here to sort of gob off about role-playing games for a while. <laughs> as much as we can. We are here to answer your questions, we're also here to do, in the second half of the episode, design some role-playing games, which ideas which you are welcome to steal unless we say you can't. Yes, we do occasionally verbally trademark things. Yeah. Uh, it is legally binding, we've had a word with our lawyer. Yeah, if we basically you can you can have any bad idea. You know yeah. how like in in olden times they would throw the trencher or the the bit of bread the food was served on to a dog or like a beloved serf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's you. You are allowed any table scraps you wish. Mm-hmm. If it falls on the floor, it's yours to keep. Exactly. Maybe maybe you get to gobble up a dice. Ooh, coulay, <laughs> coulay. So I saw a musical this week. You did. You're not generally one for the musical theatre. No, not so much. I don't. I, like, despite living in London, uh, which is a great place to go and see a musical, I I find it a bit confronting. It's the whole jazz handiness of it. I see the musical sort of thing. That, mm. I, I I find that a bit confronting. I, I I find it takes me out of the experience a little bit. I really liked Hamilton, for example, because there was very little musical in it and some acting. Right, uh, and last week I was very kindly uh, by my uh, by my in laws for a Christmas present. They took me and my spouse out to see Les Mis or Les Mis. Les Mis. <laughs> Sad girl on the poster. How come the second S isn't silent? Anyway, saw Les Miserables, which is a play about a man who shouts, and it presumably is sad. Um, everyone's sad. Oh. An awful lot of characters die with God, and this is good. Oh, <laughs> you See, know when, when I'm a, when I when I'm watching a musical, I want uh. I want Chicago. Well, this you know? ain't it. Chicago, Chicago has tunes you can hum, and yeah, and a bit of acting and yelling and fun and woohoo. Yeah, and Lemes has tunes you can shout. <laughs> Poverty. There, yeah, there, there, there is Jean Valjean, who's uh, who, who, who's a who is a, a, a prisoner, and then oh, no. a thief, and then oh, no. a mayor, and then Wait, a protagonist. Yeah, he becomes a mayor. That political system is very wrong. Well, they don't really discuss the. Um, they don't really say. Ten years later, it just happens, and he's put on a slightly different wig. Oh, <laughs> and like like his daughter ages. I'm gonna say. 12 years in between the scenes and it's not referenced so who the fuck is this woman <laughs> what's she doing following him around anyway he's chased by another man whose power is that he can shout even louder called Javert everyone uh, as everyone shouts there are two uh, poor people in it who do comedy shouting and um, I didn't I didn't like it I didn't like it I'm afraid no it doesn't like, I really enjoy musical theatre. You love a musical. I think Chicago's your favourite, isn't it? I, I like Chicago just because it's bonkers. Mm. And not enough musicals at that level of just, what? What? Think, oh, God. I quite like the way they occasionally talk. Yeah, I think that's key, honestly. Mm. I'm very happy with the fact that there's actually plot that I can understand. Yeah, might for be, sure. It might be bobbins, sure. but I can get it. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's all stuff that's happened to us before, you know, being on trial. Yeah. Killing someone, tangos, jail blocks. It's amazing. Jail blocks. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, go watch Chicago uh, or Book of Mormon. That's quite funny. But, um, but uh, <laughs> I just, just, Lame is, I don't think it could have lived up to the hype, you know? 
Right, it's it's an old one, isn't it? So it's it's old. It's just so much shouting, Chris. <laughs> so I was like, it was so loud right from the start. And it's three hours long. Oh God. Yeah, and I get my main experience of being in the theatre is trying to work out when I have to piss. Yeah, really aiming that moment for the interval. There is a so I am. I don't mind. I'm not ashamed to say this in the podcast. I'm pee shy. Mm-hmm. I don't like having other people watching me pee. I don't know what it is. I don't. I, I don't know why it is. Just not my scene, man. No thanks. And there is generally half a stall for a two thousand capacity uh, theater. So when you say half a stall, is that like a full toilet, but you have to share it? Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, so I, I, I was, I was trying to, I was, I was trying to be comedic and say how there's, there's not enough stalls <laughs> okay. to go around. Uh, there's generally one stall, three urinals, two thousand men, mm-hmm. uh, well, a thousand men, running the, running the numbers, and everyone's <laughs> queuing up, and then you sort of, you sort of move along the queue, and there's, and, and, and you realise there's a little, a little gaggle of other pee shy boys. <laughs> Us piss shy lads off in the corner, just sort of like, um, uh, and we're all, but none of us are big lads. We're all quite scrawny, and we all we're all sort of hanging out, looking awkward near the stall, and like someone and and someone will go, oh, do you want to use the do you want to use the urinal? No, I'm alright, thanks, mate. I don't want anyone to accidentally look at my dick. <laughs> and there's there, there's a there's a certain camaraderie. Mm. To be had with the other, with the other. Let's let's say it, nerds. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's quite nice. But I, yeah, I just, I for a three-hour theatre performance, that's just, just that's. Yeah. Can I just talk a little, a little, just a tiny amount, a soupçon about a certain type of human being that goes into public bathrooms, please? And that's the type of human who brings their drink in. Well, well. Well, sometimes you have to. Why do you have to? If you're... So, listen, listen. If I'm in a nice sort of... If I'm in, in, in a nice, gentle bar where, like, there's, there's, there's not a lot of foot traffic, it's 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 like uh, uh, regulars, mostly, you know, locals, that mm. sort of thing. Uh, like, like the Eleanor Arms, just down my road. Lovely pub, can't recommend it enough. I'm quite happy to leave my bag and half a pint and my coat on a chair and go for a whittle. Yeah. That's fine. Doesn't matter. No one's going to steal it. Like, they're not going to be some 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 mustachioed vagabond come in and take it. <laughs> Cackling insanely and tying yeah, your bag to railroad tracks. Yeah, and getting, getting away in a hot air balloon. No, it's like nothing's going to happen. However, if I was, say, in a student bar... Where uh, where we where we used to drink when we were younger, mm-hmm. I could see there being a problem in leaving an unattended pint um, on its own because I would have stolen that. I like I kind of get that, but it's when they go into a packed bathroom, mm-hmm. put their pint down by the sink or somewhere in the bathroom. You've got to keep hold of it and then go about their business, whether they're in the cubicle or what have you. Oh, you've like, got to keep hold of it. Like, if you're worried about somebody fucking with your pint, don't put it in a bathroom. Or like, like put it on the top, put it on the top of the cistern and go for a wee, maybe something, something high. You know, certainly something high. Yeah, it's like, like just, just gonna put it on the floor next to the urinals. <laughs> All right, lads, don't, don't, uh, don't knock that over. So that's, that's, there's still a third of a pint left in it. Just get the fella next to you to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> can you just, oh, that, thanks. I need to pay. Hey, can you hold this or my dick? 
flip a coin, you know. We should we should RPG. Yeah, realistically okay, speaking, sure. because that is technically what this podcast is about. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think there's some mileage. I'm just chatting about um, bathroom etiquette. But that that'll be a different that'll be uh uh Chris and Grant's magical kingdom. One, four, two, three. That's the rule for, for urinals. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. And if I could remember the number from the start of Les Mis, five oh six or whatever, I would have had a great joke there. <laughs> but I didn't have it. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you a question. Please do. Tiberian pun asks, when deciding on what to write next, how do you get over the feeling that you're just writing stuff that's been done before? Is it truly important to make something that's unique, if that's even possible? Or is it enough to create your own vision of a thing and let others decide if it's good enough to stand out amongst the crowd? So firstly, I'm going to unpack this just a little bit. Look at the first bit. The feeling that you're just writing stuff that's been done before. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what's been done before, you can get away Uh, with it. uh, It's genius. Head in the sand defense. Yeah. Ingenious. Um, and is it is it truly important to make something that's unique? No. no. Just change the names on somebody else's thing. Yeah, profitable. That's what's really important. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is really difficult, and I find it incredibly stressful when you're writing stuff, and you're like, oh, shit, this thing is a bit like what we've said. Yeah. Oh, oh God. So, like, during every single project that we're working on, Chris will Chris will inevitably find three or four kickstarts, and I'll be like, "Bro, this is just what we're doing." It's like, no, it's not really, it's not really exactly what we're doing. No, we should give up. <laughs> we, we 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 should go and drown ourselves from our own personal yachts. <laughs> we should tie ourselves on the anchor uh, of the yachts that we stole from from Critical Role, and then throw ourselves. Hey, into hey the give bed. me back my yacht! I'm Matt Mercer. <laughs> Sorry? Out, get out, Mercer. Hey. <laughs> Shuffling him with a broom. You can't tell me what to do. I'm in this mad Mercer. No, that is true. I can't legally tell you what to do. I do the voice on the cowboy. <laughs> I think we're veering towards libel. I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. I think what you're saying is libel. <laughs> yeah, sure. So Chris, Chris, has a, Chris has a lot of worries about this. I generally, rather than worry that my that my work isn't original, I worry that my work is crap. Yeah. That or that or, or that my game isn't flexible enough. And I think the constant recurring fear I have is that I'll 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 imagine a situation that might happen in the game and be like, oh, we don't have rules for that. Oh no. Yeah, I do I frequently have to tell you we don't necessarily need rules for that. <laughs> yes, very much so. Like in uh, a lot of cases, the the fear is like an edge case. Mm-hmm. Um and. It's going to come up one in 300 games, yeah. and we don't need a system to support it. No, for sure. You can just go, well, hand wave it, whatever. It's like, well, like, D&D doesn't have rules for hats. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, cause it's not a game about hats, and your game can be about things. I think that learning something from my days in improv, whatever you come up with will be different. Yeah, because because you're you're putting you're putting your lens on it, you're putting your you're putting your extra your own extrapolations through it, and like what we're doing is broadly original. But Spire's just Necromunda, really. <laughs> I mean, come, it's Necromunda. Kind of, it's kind of like Gormenghart, except not as well thought out. You know? Yeah, I, I, I would I would posit some arguments against it being Necromunda. I mean, Warhammer's just Tolkien. I you mean, know? No. <laughs> I mean, 40k is just space talking. Yes, that is true. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. 40k is June, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's there's no original ideas under the sun. It's not going to happen. Um, I mean, like, what's that thing you learn in English class? Like, there are only five plots or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember how many it is. It's been a long time. But the whole point, but the point that I'm trying to get across is that yeah. it's your take on things mm-hmm. that is the important part, not the thing. You're a lens. You're a filter. You uh, you are gonna you are gonna position yourself between the idea and the reader, and they will and they will gain new insight on what on on what on what you've done on on the topic just by you presenting it. As long as you don't just copy paste someone else's book. Yeah, yeah, like like it's been recently happening. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which company it was, but yes. Oh, yes, it was Wizards. I think wasn't it? Oh, it was it was Bethesda. Bethesda, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think I think I think it should be okay. Really, uh, it's there's. I think every artist, every every author struggles with this, and the important thing to realize is people will buy shit. Oh God, yes. People will turn out. People, like, if you're worried about being truly original, just just look at how well relaunches do on Kickstarter. Yeah, like in RuneQuest and, and things like that. Just or like or like old games. There, uh, there was one Kickstarter I saw recently. Don't don't remember the name of the thing, but it was like, hey, so we've um we've basically just taken Dungeons and Dragons, but we've put in, we've put in AC rather than Thaco. And we've got it nicely produced over several books, and it was like a hundred grand. <laughs> Jesus! And pe- people will buy things with a pretty picture on the front if they recognise it. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. That that isn't your biggest issue. I think. I think the key to this is if you if you simplify it down, it's easier to understand. Like if you look at pictures, there are a lot of pictures of people, and nobody's going, ah, oh, drawing people, are we? <laughs> Derivative, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because every every picture of a person is very different. Mm. So and it's whereas it's every fine. photograph of a sunset looks pretty Identical. much the same. Identical. Yeah. Fuck you, Instagram filters. Ruining the sun. <laughs> Ask me a question. Making me tired of the sun. <laughs> Plum Tree Chloe asks, "What's a setting that you feel hasn't been expl- been explored enough slash at all in RPGs?" Hmm. I think I think this is a weirdly difficult question. This isn't a setting, but ghosts. Yeah, not a lot of ghosts. Not a lot of th- good ghost games. You think that there'd be more of those, considering how prevalent ghosts are and all the different things you can do with them? And they can basically have any power you want. Yeah, and they're often kind of um, relegated to to set dressing. Yeah. And like um, they're they're people, yeah. And there's a there's a couple of games that that do ghosts quite well, like um, Haunt Me. Okay, I can't remember who did it, who did it, but they also did a wonderful game called the Legend Legend Domain Betrayers. Oh yes, um, it's all very it's very nicely laid out, it's isn't it? Beautiful book. Yeah. It's very simple. It's kind of like um, it has the same sort of feel as John Harper's One Pages, mm. but spread across a book and with less words in it. <laughs> but yeah, dealing with ghosts and them not just being hit point bags that are hard to mm. hurt. Yeah. Is 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 mesh something that hit point bags. <laughs> mesh hit point bags you can stab right through them. Uh. <sighs> um doesn't come up enough. So yeah, I think ghosts are probably a pretty good choice actually. It's not, it's not really a setting per se, but I think but like having ghosts is having ghosts is important. 
I think I think possibly because there's kind of one story you tell with ghosts, which is like you like you put the you put them to rest. Yeah, you know. I will say actually, Unknown Armies has good ghosts in it, in yeah. that everything is either a person or it used to be a person, which I quite like. There's like there's very little in the way of um, like grand mysteries. It's it's all people and we're, and we're more powerful than we know. And after we die, we become ghosts or demons. Yes, that's quite nice. What about you, Chris? I don't know. I'm, I'm my high. End, no, I'm going to start that again. Okay. My mind is still on ghosts, weirdly, because <laughs> no, hang on, bear with me on this, because there's mm. a lot of books that deal with, like, um, especially young adult books mm-hmm. that deal with ghosts in interesting ways and make them. They still use them in standard tropes, but make them yeah. a huge part of the story and the world. Mm. Like, there's a series of books that I can't remember now, which is really annoying. I have to look it up. Okay. Um, where you, the main characters are all sort of sub 14 year old children. Oh, is this the London one? Yeah, because they, yeah. Cause they're the only ones that can see ghosts. Right, yeah. So they're the people that have to go into these awful attics, like chimney sweeps, with silvered rapiers. That's a nice idea. And try and find the anchors for the ghosts and, and put them to rest. Because there was um there was an event like fifty years ago mm. and all of the ghosts came back all at oh, once. No. Like 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 imagine if you dropped um a nuclear bomb on London, but the bomb was ghosts. <laughs> okay. And they kind of spread out and and they they try and contain them and all sorts of stuff like that. I think that's that's pretty cool. I also think like Something, something which I haven't seen a lot of, or I haven't seen done well or interestingly, is um, like author- authority, so like military or uh, like law enforcement, police games, in that way. Like I haven't seen, I haven't seen a game which does the military very. Inter- there's, uh, there's carry, uh, mm. which is about being in Vietnam, and it's, and it's about going, going mad and dying, basically, which is the point of being. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been um, a couple of Kickstarters for things like Operator, mm. um, which are tediously accurate. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want tediously accurate. I want basically Apocalypse Now. Yes. Yeah. No. The things like Operator are like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't rack the slide bolt correctly. <laughs> I, I don't want guns. Which of the scopes are you looking down? Yes, you, the one, the, one, the normal one, sideways? or the 45 degree one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or the one that you've got on backwards, you idiot. Mm. Um, Shooting behind me. But yeah, like, there's not a lot of real stuff. Like, if you look at investigative, yeah. you, you've got things like um, gumshoe systems. Yeah. Which, at the heart of it, the gumshoe systems are Trail of Cthulhu, Fear itself and these are terrorists. Wizards. Magic did it. Yeah. Um, I, I you've also it's... got. Um, oh, the mutant one. Mutant, um, mutant City Blues. Mutant City Blues, which is a police procedural, but yeah. mutants. Yeah, which are fundamentally wizards. Yeah. I, I think the challenge comes that as amateur writers, uh, it's quite difficult. To, I said amateur writers. I'm a professional writer, but I'd consider myself an amateur plot writer. Okay. I suppose. It's quite hard to write a game in which a wizard didn't do it. It's <laughs> so easy to write wizards, isn't it? It's so easy, and it's exciting. You can be like, oh, a wizard's here. Whoa, a wizard, awesome. As opposed to, oh, it's just oh, it's just child abuse. Oh. Yeah, like, which game would you rather play, Grant? So, mm-hmm. you find a corpse 
you're, you're a police detective, you're investigating this murder, and there's like bone spines embedded in the body and all around the wall. There's been a mother. And you've got to figure that out. Yeah. Or you've got to tell a mother that her 14-year-old crashed a car while drink driving and died. Imagine the GM playing every mother. <laughs> Just wailing. Yeah. Oh, like, my baby! <laughs> that's the problem. Like, being a policeman isn't fun. No. That's not a fun job. No, but but that's the thing. Like, I, it wouldn't be a, an actual representation of what a policeman is. Okay. You know, a, a police officer. It's mainly it be, paperwork. It would be like the bill. Right. You know? So... <laughs> the only bit I remember of the bill is the beginning of the intro where you just see their feet. Yes. It's just that. <laughs> give me a question, Chris. I will give you a question. Chris H asks, what kills a game session fastest for you? Tiger. <laughs> Acid. Gas. Uh, some sort of descending ceiling trap. What what means that you just give up on a game session the fastest? What just ruins the fun for you? Uh, okay, tiger. <laughs> I'd stop. Yeah, I would. I, I would too. I'd be too busy looking at the tiger. Ah, uh, lads, can we um, can we can we reschedule this? There's a tiger in the room. My bus is in ten. <laughs> um. So uh, I'm gonna go home. Oh, you know, I've got I've got an early start tomorrow, and I think my boss would really like it if I wasn't eaten by a tiger. No. <laughs> What kills a game session fastest for me? I think often it's me. <laughs> I ruin the fun for myself and everyone around me. Yeah, kind of. In that, like, if I find myself in in a game and I'm like, I don't have any choices here. Like, I'm just I'm just here to listen to the GM story. The GM's going to do some stuff. They have some NPCs who are talking to each other. The option we have is talk to this NPC and then do the thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Like I've only, like there's one route through this, and like either I, I, and like the NPCs are refusing to give me straight answers. I can't learn anything. I can't impact the world. I'm making. I'm. I'm just like this is just a walking simulator. Yeah. That I'm trapped in, and like I sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to throw around the phrase walking simulators like with as a pejorative phrase because I've really enjoyed some games which have been called walking simulators. I really liked Dear Esther. I thought it was beautiful. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going back to try and get the uh, try and get all the trophies on on PlayStation. Yes, trophies. Uh, no, um, no. I, I played it a couple of times. Really enjoyed it. I think I've seen. I think I've seen it now. Sure. But in role playing games, we have infinite possibilities. We like there's no there's no budget. There's no um, there's no the technical limitations. We can have whatever we want happening there. And if I find myself listening to some person's story, I get really fucking bratty about it. <laughs> to the point like why I'll start goading NPCs. Yeah. And like it's not quite to the point where I'm like, oh I'm gonna do a poo on the king. But not a million miles Sometimes away. Sometimes it's not far off. Got my trousers off, you know? <laughs> also I, this is this is this is weirdly specific to you. Hmm. But it's one thing that kills a game for me when I'm in a game with you is your sad face when you miss an attack. Oh, I hate it. It's like, well, why are we even fucking playing this? There's just no point. If he's just going to make that face when he rolls a die, why did not fucking get up? Why did I get out of bed this morning if I'm just going to roll a two? Fuck you. Fuck this. <laughs> why are you playing a stupid game where I, Grant Howitt, can miss? It's so much when you miss. Oh, it just, it's just, it's just this emotional wave comes off you. It just, and it's like, it's not, 
I don't mind if I was rolling to hit and the guy parried, but it's like, oopsie poopsie, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> and you oh. say that every time. I just, oh, it's just like, go on head. Like, this is, oh, how I go on foot. It just, it bothers me because, like, because we, the fiction we have for these characters is they're competent adventurers. You know, they're on the fringes of society. And I've got, I've got a one in, I've got a one in two chance just eating my fucking axe. <laughs> I feel oh, like oh, I missed it. So, so that I can explain why this kills the game for me, what you just heard is what happens every time he misses. It's not strictly true. It's not far off. So that, like, a lot of that depends on the GM. And, it, and if the GM like parries and then says, like, oh, and the guy says something clever, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I've affected the world, I've learned something. I'm just like, cool, okay, missed turn. <laughs> cool, okay, yeah, whatever. It just amuses me. It bothers me. So yes, I kill games. <laughs> I think I think for me the 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 big thing is two ends of, of a continuum, two extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the continuum is understanding tone of game. Mm. And at one end of the of, of this continuum, you have the people who don't contribute, who just yeah just don't get involved. Seat fillers. Yeah, um, the people yeah, who are like people often. Yeah, but the the people who are like on their phones and then they go, huh, what? Oh, uh, I, I hit it. What's happening? Yeah, or, or or people who, when directly called upon, don't know what to do. Yes, and the other the other end of the spectrum is the people who are hi- not hyperactive but are hyperactive. Hello. Yes, constantly doing <laughs> stuff, but have no concept of the world they're in. Mm-hmm. They haven't read the book. They just go, oh, I'm an elf. Cool, I'll be an elf. Mm-hmm. Um, like well, um, in this setting, there are only three elves. Um, and well, one important. of them. Yeah, I, I get that, um, but they, they have a certain thing like I poop on the king. Um, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. that that really great. Like I shoot him, but um, he's just a merchant. Yeah. He's just selling oh, that, stuff. But then God, we can have it for free. God, that bothers me. Yeah. But that's, I think this, this is just things which things which bother us in games. No, but the, the point is that that kills a game session mm. for me. Because now, like, I have at least one person who I know I'm working against yes. to have fun. Yeah, who, like, like someone who you basically have to sneak stuff past. Yes, yeah, like, it is, they are a hurdle to me enjoying myself. Yeah, I get that. That's a bother. And like people who can't understand, like people who don't read the tone, people who don't read the room in that way. Yeah, uh, I will. I will also say a big fight. <laughs> that generally kills a game session. And not like sorry, not like out of character where we have a where we have a, a, a Barney, but like okay, there's there's five of us and fifteen enemies. I'm like cool. That, that's us for the next three sessions, huh? Mm, yes, that's okay. that's fair. Some systems that's not necessarily true, but no, generally uh, in systems where that is true, hell yes, that kills the game. Mm, yeah, it's awful. Um, should we move on to the second bit of the podcast? Would you like we... to move on to the second bit of podcast? Should, should, should we, should we, we answer, want to see the second bit of podcast? Should we answer? Should we, should we get, should let's get one more question in. Do you want to, do you want to squeeze another out? Yeah. Well, please ask me a question then. I'm going to then. Well, okay then. Well, fine then. Okay then. Good. This is a this is good, brilliant. Hmm. This is a great challenge. This one. This one comes oh. in from Silent Pete. Thinking of the amount of time I play in a loud bar or shouty game store, could a silent or maybe minimal speaking element to an RPG be used as a feature instead of having to shout over the top of people? Yes. 
Absolutely. And, and I can link this back to an earlier question. Whoa. I thought, the, I thought the answer was no. Oh, he's hot to trot. Military RPG, hand signals. Ah, okay. Um, You'd have a little, you have like a little uh, a cheat sheet in front of you. A little cheat sheet. And like, you'd have to communicate how well you did. You know, because, you know, you know, you know, with like a SWAT team entering a building, yeah. you, they yeah. generally go in a line so that you can't kill all of them at once. <laughs> slice the pie, that sort of thing. Checking no quarters. idea what that means, but yes. Uh, slice, slice the pie is when you, when you, when you go into a room, um, you, uh, like, one of you sweeps around one side of the room, and the other one sweeps around the other side of a room. Oh, okay, yeah. When you go through, and that, and, and, and lets you like check the corners, people who are hiding. It's referred to as slicing the pie because you slice up the area where baddies might be into different sure. places. But imagine that you're you're you're, you're in this building, and mm-hmm. it's dark, smoky, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's using silence weapons, and you've got to be as silent as possible. Uh, it's it's like, a jazz bar. <laughs> it's it's a jazz dark bar. and smoky. Smoking. It's silent, Grant. I need to be silent. Oh, okay. Oh, well, he, well the, the, the guy's got a muffler in his, in his trumpet. It's pretty much silent. Oh, okay, yeah, completely silent okay, trumpet. So, so, carry on. But absolutely banging tunes. Yeah. Um, and you've got to, you've got to communicate what's happening to your other players with hand signals. Oh yeah. Okay. I can stop. Okay. Okay. It. I worry that RPGs are too much about talking to each other. No, I understand that, but I think it might be interesting to... Where you have the information relayed to you Mm. non-verbally. Yes. So you have to be able to understand that that room is full of enemies. Yeah. Or I have killed two people in that room, it's clear. Yes, I think that's quite neat. I think um, I'm going to take your idea and yes and it. I mean that's literally the point. In that it is, it is a rather than a jazz club, which was my idea. Um, it is it's like it's a it's a magic. <laughs> You're silent. sending your own idea. Um, I'm gonna know my jazz club idea. Okay, yes, and well, your original idea, and it's magically or technologically silent. Right. There's some sort of weird science projecting silence, so you can't physically make noise. Yeah, I kind of like that because that means that like a grenade doesn't make noise. Yeah. Uh, or like, or like, everything's twenty times quieter, so you can't speak. Yeah. Uh, like, like you, 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 you can yell, but it, like it comes out, it comes out of whisper, and you can't really hear. So you have to use sign language. And I really like the idea of that being like part of an adventure. Where it's like, cool, you can't talk in here. Mm. But I think the reason that I, I put it in modern military and SWAT team stuff, yeah, is partly because they do those hand signals anyway. Yeah. But also because it's a small team in a very deadly situation mm. where if if somebody doesn't men- notice the goblin in the cave, mm-hmm. it's probably all right. Yeah. Not going to be the end of the world. But if somebody doesn't notice the man behind the sofa with an AK-47, oh, that's bad. then somebody dies. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that there's this kind of... <laughs> Chinese whispers is very much the wrong term, but Te- per- telephone. Yes, I think, P- I think potent- it's the non-racist name. Potential for um, misinterpretation. Yes, for sure. And like, oh, I thought that room was clear. I thought you said that room was clear. No, no, you just got shot in the, in the gut. If you look at if you look at things like uh, games like Space Team. Yeah. Um, or and there's a card game version as well, and like generally they seem to take place in space because you can get away with some weirdness, but like you have limited communication and too much to do. 
so I think act- there's something moderately fun about that. Actually, there's there's, there's a there's a game that that kind of does this, which is Monikers. Oh yeah. So the first the first time you play Monikers, you you've got to describe a thing without saying the thing. It's like taboo. And then next round, you've got to describe the thing, the same thing as before, uh, in a different order, with only one word. Mm-hmm. And then it gets more and more complicated until like the massively final rounds, like you're under a sheet. Mm. And you can't say anything, and you have to get your point across. It's it's a brilliant way. In, it's 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 a it's a marvelous game uh, which you have to play from the start. You cannot join a game of monikers. It's like, it's impossible. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Like going up to a game of monikers uh, halfway through, and you feel so excluded. Yeah, because you're, you build a dialect. Yeah, and everyone's a lot, and someone will be like, um, six inch nail, and everyone will, everyone will laugh. Cackle wildly at yeah, it, yeah, and that's that's oh, compounded boy. the further you get on. Like, oh, like when you're on the mime round, somebody will just yeah. turn their hand over, and everybody yeah. will burst into tears laughing. Yeah, 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 like, and you and you totally what? feel left out. Yeah. Um. So, so that I suppose. Yeah, just play monikers. But um. But unfortunately, the first round is all talking. I just play the late rounds then. Make it real that's hard. Imp- it's impossible. <laughs> it's, called, it's called hard mode, Grant. I'm afraid you won't uh, okay. get it. I wouldn't get it. Let's move on, shall we? Let's do that. Dun da 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 Jiggle. Did you ever want a game to exist? But not enough to make it yourself. Grant and Chris make games. Allodie's legs writes in WrestleMania 2, Wrestle Crash, and Wrestle Depressive Episode. So I'm going to combine all of those together mm-hmm. and wrestle Wall Street crash. You have Ooh. to wrestle uh, accountants and day traders back into Windows. <laughs> um, you're on. You're on one of those window washing. Um, yeah, yeah. You uh, are the refenestrator. The refenestrator. And you have to cram them back into the back into the shop floor so that they can trade more stocks and bonds. I really. I really like the idea, but because it's set in the Great Crash of 1929, you have um, a load of 1920s era, uh, like like wrestler guys. So mm-hmm. the Refenestrator would be one of them. Yes, and then and then Captain Stocks is another one, <laughs> and like he and like and like he's really into making sure stocks change hands. That's what he likes. Yeah, and there's Mister Anti Suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's um, actually like got a really good message. Trampoline lass. <laughs> The window cleaner, the window not yeah, a wrestler, just, just a window cleaner in, mm-hmm. in the wrong place at the wrong time, be doing his best. Yeah, you know he's re- he's responding to the call of heroism. Yeah, and uh, Jesus Christ, actual Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's someone dressed as him, but he claims to be a vision. <laughs> it's it's actually very problematic, but oh, it was nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, you can get away with that. <laughs> Is this is this a bit like that game where you have to like catch like someone like will throw fruit like this old game and watch game? Someone will throw fruit out of a window. Someone will throw fruit out of out of a thing. You have to sort of bounce the fruit along into another. Oh yes, onto like a trampoline or a, yeah. a, a mattress or something. No, like, no, uh, no. Um, this is this is about the they need to get back onto into the trade hall within mm-hmm. seconds. So you have to bodily rugby tackle them before they eject from the window. Oh, I see. Right. So, so, so roll so down you, the stairs with cocooning them with your enormous flabby belly. So you're like you're in them. you're in the building. 
No, you're outside the building. You're climbing the building like um, Rampage. Right, okay. You've got to catch them and then throw them back in. And throw them back in and then get them trading again. So I've got I've got a question for you. Just just from like a game engine point of view. Yes. Assuming this is a video game, because it sounds like quite a quite a tiresome role playing game. It's a role playing game. Uh, I missed. Just just oh oh hang on. This is actually this is an indie game. So let's talk briefly about about his family. <laughs> How about we had what basically what, what I'm what I'm trying to determine about about the level of. Um, realism in this game mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. does it use the gang beasts engine or a ufc engine i would 100 percent prefer the ufc engine mm-hmm. for, you, you just you, you've got to get good for two reasons mm-hmm. one you gotta get good like this is not easy this is important no you know this papers please this is, style hard. yeah this is worth working for this is a noble goal mm-hmm. yeah. um and also i want to see this shit get buggy Mm. I want to see the building get thrown upside down <laughs> and then a man kind of on his tippy toes chasing towards a filing cabinet or whatever the hell happens I want. UFC. I, I assume that's I, what happens. I want to see you grab a, a distraught stockbroker, both of you meld together and then bounce harmlessly off the floor 30 yes. stories below. I need that. Yeah. Mm. I need it. People need to hover. <laughs> if at all possible. Next to a chain link fence, which is always weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the, that's what they have on the side, I think. Yeah. Um, Scottsdale Chronicle Elf mm-hmm. has suggested crawling into the sandworms from Dune and making a nice cottage to start a family. The game, <laughs> all in caps. And I, I just like to say that was very much my favourite from this week. Yes. I just I love it. Well, tell me about the <laughs> tell me about the game. So first off. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the sand monster in Shadow of the Colossus? Yes, it was like a it was a it's a snake. It was. That's how it begins. It had it had like wings, didn't it? Yes, you have to get into it, not kill it. Into get it. in. Now, I assume it's bigger, so it's so like cottage room. Yeah, yeah. But that thing yeah, was okay, pretty yeah. huge. I wouldn't want to live in it. Yeah, fair. Now, once you've mm-hmm. got inside, it becomes mm-hmm. an exploration game. Ah. So you've got to find a nice place to settle down, maybe some yeah. running water, you know, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nice views. Yeah, and you kind of put down like a... Uh, one of those... Somewhere near to schools. Um, you've made me lose my train of thought now. Put down one of those temporary... You, you put down one of those, like, blueprints that you get in games where you build stuff in the world, like... Yeah. I can't even think of it. Like Fortnite, stuff like that. Hmm. You know? Another one, yeah. Um... And then you've got to go and collect materials to build your home. Mm. Now, obviously you can use internal sandworm. That, that does hurt the sandworm. That does hurt the sandworm, and that's where you live. Or mm. you can try and escape the sandworm, collect mm. bricks and that, mm-hmm. and get back in. Can I, can I put forward a third idea? Oh, please. Steer it into a building. <laughs> Just collect the rubble. Yeah, well, like, like it's, it's probably... It's, it's going to be able to eat bigger things than you're able to carry. Yes. So you you somehow steer the sandworm again, tricky because you're in its tummy, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe like maybe like run really hard and jump into the left hand side of the worm to make it turn left. <laughs> uh, oh, and then it it crashes into a um, you know a June building. <laughs> okay. I saw saw the first half of that film. Couldn't get through it, mate. It's that dry. That lad from Twin Peaks kept... <laughs> oh, I get it. 
That lad from Twin Peaks, he kept pissing himself, and that was good. Yes, he Sting, does. Sting was there. He had some knickers on. Yep. That was odd. That was there was a box that hurt you. Yeah, it's not a great film. Um, uh, so, anyway, so you crash into June buildings, take those resources, mm-hmm. and then and then harvest that. But then, but then the, the the risk reward there is the more buildings you you harvest, uh, the more uh, the more attention you're going to attract. People trying to get revenge. Yes, but that notoriety mm. could help you in the final stages. What's the final stage? The final stages is, of course, the Harvest Moon-style dating game. Mm. Where you have to manage your homestead within the sandworm. Yes. Let's never forget the location. It's, it's moving you. around a lot. And generally woo mm-hmm. relevant external townsfolk... Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to say is going to be about thirty to thirty-three percent harder because you have to tell them that you're in, live inside a giant sandworm. Well, there's probably at least one who's crazy as hell and was like, "Sandworm, sign me up." I love it. Let's do this. I'm ready. Hop on. The the uh, you know when you you know when you're um, reclaiming houses, <laughs> eating houses. You mean? Yeah. You know when you're eating houses, you know who lives in houses? People. Wives. Yes, but they will also presumably be corpses. Well, it depends how well-armoured the wife was. I want a well-armoured wife. <laughs> so, I'd like to point out that when, when the sandworm eats the building, it's destroying the building, right? Well, I assume it's got a very big mouth. Because yeah. like, if it's big enough, if it's big enough to live in, it's big enough for you to survive being eaten. So, I just... I think it's important mm-hmm. that the building is destroyed for two reasons. Okay. The first is that if it's not destroyed, that's just Eyes of the Stone Thief for 13th Age. Shit. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> and... <laughs> Sorry, Gareth. <laughs> also, <laughs> it the, the, the pitch was specifically making a nice sure. cottage. Sure, sure. Basically, I, I that's, don't think that's cottage I don't, theft. My I friend. don't think that it comes. In, you're not stealing a cottage wholesale. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're getting parts from a cottage. I'm saying what it might do is like take a romp, take a little, take a little bite mm-hmm. out of out, out of a out of a, a apartment block, and like under the rubble, maybe they just got a broken leg or something, but they survive as part of the. Oh, so you're stealing women? Chaos. I mean, they're there. Sounds they're, like you've just stolen a lady. They're free to go at any time once the leg heals. Are they? Also, sorry, could be men as well. Just like like any 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 gender of person. Yes, sorry, Pe- I'm I'm working off me being the person yeah. inside here. Okay, making okay. Cottage. So so it's you. Um, houses contain people. You mm-hmm. do need people to start a family. Yes, and I just I like worry that I've just I've it. just I've just done a kidnap. Possibly well, on a very grand scale if I've eaten a castle or a hospital. I think <laughs> I was going to say crash. Wouldn't want a sick wife. Wow. I yeah. I think that I think that I think you've got a challenge there because getting in and out of the sun the sandworm is tricky, and then convincing someone to come back into the sandworm with you will be hard. So I think it's best to maybe like beg forgiveness rather than ask permission. And that's that, <laughs> okay. That. Maybe what you do is you play the waiting game. Mm-hmm. You, what you want is like you eat a load of buildings, and then you're looking. You're looking at like the fourth or fifth generation born inside the sandworm. Uh, so all okay. they know is sandworm. Yeah. 
that might make it a little easier for you, I feel. Because then, then they're okay with the sandworm business. I will say as well that um, you, that the worm is likely to eat dancers because if you walk without rhythm, you won't attract the worm. So you're going to get people who can dance, which is nice. Is that a reference to something? It's it's uh, yeah, it's a reference to a Fat Boy Slim song, which is a reference to June. Oh, walk without rhythm, you won't attract the worm. I do not know that about yeah, yeah. either that being a June reference or a Fat Boy Slim song. Well, it's got press fork anyway. Tradwife Blacksmith writes in Tree Wrestling <laughs> So mm. A load of trees Have just experienced the worst Stock market crash <laughs> Okay <Of> all- <laughs> You have to bodily throw an L Seed shares are down Oh no <laughs> I don't I- know, sorry I got nothing <laughs> I, I, I much like the idea that you are a big muscular druid. Muscular mm. wizards are funny. Yeah. There's something inherently funny. Muscle magic funny is always good. Muscle magic, always good. Love it. You're a big wizard lad. And, Ooh, you, and you have been told that you have to rid this place of evil trees. Now, as a druid, you're forbidden from using tools. They are, mm-hmm. they are weak. They are, they, are, they, are, they are a crutch for civilization. So you just have to wrestle these these trees out of the ground, and it starts off you're like doing like doing a bush, you're doing a shrub, a sapling, and then as you level up, you get more and more magical powers and more and more strength. And it's about climbing this tree. It's a physics game. It's about climbing this tree and then working out how you can wrench it out of the ground with like a pile driver or a tombstone <laughs> or a uh, a a moon salt press. <laughs> now, as a human being who has leveraged out. More than his fair share of trees in his life. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw it out there that a moon salt press ain't it, chief. Well, well, chief. Bear in mind you are magic. Oh, that's true. So, so like you, and, and like because you're a druid, also you've got the capacity to have like ching bear claws. Now I can dig underneath the tree. Just like collect a beaver and just hold it next to the tree. Uh, I, I guess you'd have to turn one of your arms into a beaver. What's wrong with just using the beaver? That's natural. That's cheating. It's an animal companion. Also, like, I don't, I don't want a beaver to have to like to, to have to chew down an evil tree. It's going to get evil in it. It will, but it will poop out evil. That's true. Yeah, which you can sell. You can sell that concentrated evil coming out the back of him. I just quite like the idea of a tree wrestling game where it's like it's almost like a zen-like puzzle, in that you have to fell a tree without using tools. You can climb it, you can, like, like maybe you can shapeshift your body into things. In fact, actually, one one thing they never really cover, Chris, mm-hmm. druids, when they shapeshift, the mass. Yes, it does increase, yes. It does increase. So you could climb all the way up to the top, uh, and then turn into a bear. Yes, and then tip over the tree if it was a And then wrench that thing in half, yeah, that sort of thing. So I think, I think there's some fun there. That I think that's good. I think that it's like, you know, and, like, and that you could have multiplayer, like where you have to work together to bring down a big tree. Or like, so you've got a very bendy tree, mm-hmm. right? Now, this is complicated, oh, so do bear with me. You climb right. the tree as a monkey. Oh, in a climbing form. You coil your tail around a sturdy branch, mm-hmm. and then you become a very long snake. <gasps> okay. From here, you can now reach the floor with your face. Mm-hmm. And you use that tension to drag the tree down so it's springy. Making a giant bow and arrow. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, still in snake form, 
<laughs> you use Gripping your lower onto the ground. You use your lower third to tie off the tree to the to the ground or what like another mm-hmm. stump. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where you become a octopus. Okay. And then use that to collect another tree to tie you, down. You will need some water around because you can't turn into an it octopus. It is fine. I'm a land. druid. Fuck you. No, like, like you just need someone to have a hose running. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, one of those sprinklers just goes up and down. Um, and then what you do is you become a man again. Right. And then that releases all the tension and both trees pull each other out of the ground. Mm, or catapult you into the stratosphere. At which point I simply become a chaffinch. A chaffinch? At which point I simply become dead. <laughs> simply become a cloud. That's not how this works. I had planned Shut this up. badly. At which point I simply become two halves of the same bear. <laughs> but unfortunately, the right's on the left and the left's on the right. I don't feel we've got our, our um, candidate yet. I, I, I think it's the June one, but... I think I think that's nice, but I'm not. I, I, I think I think we can like. Uh, there's, there's, we've had a great thread this week. And I'd, I'd like to have. A, I'd like to go through a, a few more. Okay. Well, JP writes in oh. Tetris Amontillado edition. Oh, I don't think I could handle that. I think it would make Tetris a lot more interesting. I think it would, as you've got to try and brick somebody up in a wall while they frantically scrabble and break their fingernails open trying to stop you. Especially that, like, Tetris 99, where you're fighting everyone else. <laughs> They're all inside walls. Like, everyone's being bricked up inside a wall, and you have to send um, bricks their way. <laughs> so hang on. <laughs> the image I've got is of some awful human being bricking up in a wall, and you're just picking up and throwing them at somebody else who's also getting bricked up. I assume that it's damning uh, it's, them to die behind a wall. I sh- well, okay. So, so, so the, the thing with Tetris Ninety Nine is you're all fighting against each other, and the better you do, you send rows off to other players. Yeah. So, I guess it would be you either throwing bricks, or it would be administrated by some sort of horrendous Nintendo games master, Doctor Mario. Doctor, <laughs> I'm doing an experiment. <laughs> I'm the worst. I just think Tetris would be hugely improved by having. Your own face, or like, like you'd pick a character, like in Tetris, pure pure Tetris. You pick a character, and then it would just be completely normal Tetris, except there'd be a picture of them, a bit like, a bit like when, like, like, ever ever have like sexy Tetris, and like when you cleared a line, you like cleared a bit of the picture, and you could see maybe like a nipple or something. Yeah, yeah, like those um, peanuts. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the. (laughs) Forgot what they're called. it is, it is a strange... I don't think we have it in any other countries. What, so where, just, where when you buy a pack of peanuts, you might see a boob? It's it's a fascinating thing. In that, So we have in England, not so much now because it's, you know, 2019, but when I was alive, certainly, and, like, I remember going to pubs that had these, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. D, D peanuts used to have used to have a uh, sort of a page three glamour girl and just to explain what page three is for our american li- american listeners what if you wanted some racist news but also to look at a tit right after you saw the front page what if you wanted a right wing jazz mag the sun anyway uh pastry girls are sort of that sort of uh, homely girl next door hello uh sort of sort of hello sort of girl <laughs> the sort of attractive end of a croydon 3am bus yeah, for sure. Like, like, like. You know what? She could probably model her way out of Croydon. That sort yeah. of thing. Um, one day. One day. Um, 
she's there smiling, and her body is covered in purchasable packets of peanuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you buy them for twenty p or what have you, the uh, the bartender reveals one, revealing more of her body. Yes, which is it's a weird sort of crowdfunding porn. <laughs> it's like an advent calendar, but for tits. Hey, hey Kevin, what? Could you buy four packets of peanuts so I can finish? I can't get it up, mate. Look, here's OEP. Go to the bar. Buy four. I don't care what you do with them. <laughs> just throw them a fucking way. I just uh, need actually, this. Actually, just, 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 here's 20p. Get them to pull the one off the nipple. <laughs> That's what I need. Daddy like. <laughs> anyway, it would be like that, except you would be bricking up, uh, you'd be, you'd be your own <laughs> character, frantically trying to shove bricks out of the way. Yep. Um, and the closer you got to the top, the more. Uh, actually, sorry, it's not. It's not your own character. It's uh, it's the guy who Fortunato. Uh, sorry, it, it 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 is Fortunato. I believe he gets walled up in the cask of Amontillado, and so and so you see Fortunato um, uh, gradually get uh, get more and more frantic, mm. um, and like like struggle at his chains uh, as you, as you wall him up. But I suppose that, like the, the the trick is you'd have to play Fortunato because because the, the thing about Tetris is you is you don't want to wall him up. You don't want it to fill up properly, otherwise you lose. Yes, but you want other people to fill up. Let, let's let's get rid of the let's get rid of the, the ninety nine player because oh, okay. physically there are some chances. You know what this 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 doesn't translate very well to a uh, to an actual game. I worry. All right, how about All Blast right. Gammon by Camestros <laughs> Flapton? I like the name Blast Gammon. Blast Gammon. So, do you remember? Seminal PS1 title, Hogs of War. <clears throat> I, have a, I have a vague memory of it, yes. Uh, it was 3D worms with pigs. Mm-hmm. It's that, but new. <laughs> can't, we can't just do a game that already exists and say Blast Gammon. I wanted to say Blast Gammon. I know, that's fine. You can just say Blast Gammon. It's, but it's really weird unless I do some build-up. Just like, Blast Gammon! Carry on with JP, what you're saying. JP also writes in. John absolutely Goodman. killed it this week, I'd just like yeah, to say. Fucking fucking great work, JP. JP writes in John Goodman versus John Badman. <laughs> he was a very good man. Uh, <laughs> it's a two player fighting game. It's it's no, it's um it's Def Jam. Whoa. What, Def Jam, like, rap battle? Or Def Jam... Uh, Def Jam, the beat-em-up. Do you remember when we used to play it to Journey? <laughs> yeah, I remember. The wheel in the sky keeps on turning. We could just play dun, that. Dun, dun. Yeah, okay. Um, it's that, but it's, it's John Goodman versus John Batman. So it's a fighting game. Yeah. And it's John Goodman. Like, I think he can sing a bit. Of course he can. It's John Goodman. Okay. <laughs> can John Badman sing? What's no, the difference between evil. John Goodman and John Badman? Well, one's is a it, good man, one's fictional and a bad man. Is it just the same character with a palette swap? <laughs> yeah, one's facing to the right and one facing to the left. <laughs> I, I... I don't know, man. Do you, th- do you think it's the June one? I think it's the June one. Can I just say, I just very quickly Googled John Badman. Uh-huh. And I reckon John Goodman can fucking take him. Really? Uh, John John Badman is the director for a global design firm, and honestly, he ain't got nothing on John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman's live now. Big man. 
big, but that's the thing. But he's lost weight. Yeah, but like he's still, he's still like he's not he's like chunky. He's a big lad. He always has been. Yeah. He can like he can he can fucking fight. Yeah, and like he, and like he does. He doesn't need any weapons. No, no. I just, I I will always imagine him as, as this big Lebowski character. Whenever I whenever I see John Goodman getting angry, I always imagine him as the dad from Roseanne. Oh well, yeah, I mean that does work. Um, and like and like he could like he could just grab John Badman's um, like jaws and just tear open his head. Yeah, I don't think that's like a reverse a... mousetrap. Mm. Gross. I want to live in a sandworm. Okay, so I like this. Is it a? Is it a it's a role playing game. I presume. Yeah, it works really well as a role playing game. So I think I think rather than just you. Like, like, I think having a one-player role-playing game is at best awkward and at worst unplayable. <laughs> wink. I had to, to say wink because obviously you, you just have to wink loud enough that it comes across in the mic. <laughs> I don't know why I did that? That was my mouth. That was not my eye. I th- yeah, sure. Because sure, I'm really, sure thing, I'm buddy. really worried if that was my. Eye. <laughs> Sure thing, buddy. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and call the hospital. I'm just gonna keep blinking here. Stop it! It's gross. <laughs> Stop what touching the mic with your eye. It's not clean. Ah. What was that? Nothing. Nobody licked okay. anything. Carry on. Cool. You don't just play you, uh, winking into a sandworm. <laughs> you you are uh, you are a a community of people mm-hmm. who have been trapped in one of the sandworms from June. And unlike every, unlike unlike the Stone Thief, or I think Belly of the Beast, that other role playing game mm-hmm. which came out fairly recently, there's no other people in here. Right. There's not a culture. There's no monsters. None of that. Good. It's drier than you'd like. <laughs> Added. Added in here, and so a lot of the game is about somehow looking out of the sandworm and steering it, working out how to steer the sandworm, harvesting. Building materials and spouses, mm-hmm. but um, not kidnapping them. They're coming of their own free will. They're, they're, they're welcome to leave. They might happen to be in the building. Mm-hmm. This this isn't that isn't a, that isn't the sort of positive message I want Hearty Dice friends to put out with their with their role playing games. <laughs> you know what? Roll on a table. Maybe they're into it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're not, and you can have that discussion. Yeah. Um. And so what? What's, and, and so the end game is you. Um... Well, the end. The, the, so early game is getting into the sandworm. Mm-hmm. Then it moves to a section of essentially finding locations, like exploration, finding an area to put down your house. Mm-hmm. The then, then it's harvesting. Mm-hmm. Then it's construction. Yeah. Then it's maintenance, like like a harvest moon game. Like you need to yeah. you need to supply food. You need to repair your house. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you Find also need to woo. Mm-hmm. Prospective wives. Mm. Please, spouses. Yes. Sorry, I was spouses. using me again. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I mean, you are clearly just dreaming. <laughs> I want to live in a sandworm. I like. I want. I, 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 I want you to know, Chris. I have been imagining you in every in every example I've given, and you're wearing dungarees and a straw hat. So in my head too. <laughs> And like, and like, the cover is of you sitting on top of the sandworm on a deck chair, but with like a like a, a, a an ear of wheat in my mouth. Yes, somehow. Mm. And and and, so, and 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 a, and a nondescript American beer. 
<laughs> out no. of a weirdly cold glass. Yeah, no, no, like one of the brown bottles. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's just got a label that says beer, you know? Beer, yeah. Made it myself. Well. <laughs> it's piss. Sand, well, piss and sand. It's all we got. It's all we got, baby. <laughs> you want to drink it? Don't blame you. <laughs> Up on it, Jemima. I want to be in London by Wednesday. I got the Ooh. sand madness. I, Chief. <laughs> you know, you spent long enough being digested by a majestic creature, you can't go a bit crazy. <laughs> That's why I gotta drink all the piss. <laughs> and one day you decide to take the sandworm as your lover. That, Chris, that's the end game. <laughs> Woo the sandworm. You, like, you understand that actually it's not these, these temporary spouses who keep getting broken legs and dying or whatever. <laughs> Weak, fragile humans? Weak, fragile humans. No, it's the beautiful sand queen. Jemima. Chris. Chris. The real treasure you were inside all along. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends, episode 109. Uh, we pulled it out. We, 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 we got out of the bat. I was worried for a second there, but this is a truly joyous game. It's, it's um, pretty, pretty tight. I'm mainly into the steering bit. Chris is mainly into the romance bit. Together we'll make it work. <laughs> It'll happen. I'm feeling... Just just one thing before we wrap up. I'm feeling you have a sandworm acetate you put over an ordnance survey map. Yes. And, just, and, and, that's, just sort of and that's how we around. pitch it to Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends. Give us some cash. You can also follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast. Um... Or individually, you know, just search for our names. You'll work it out. Yeah, probably. You're smart. Grant looks like his face. I look like a clock. You probably won't find Chris Taylor because there are lots of Chris Taylors. Yeah. Um, but you know, put put the work in. Honestly, yeah, put some fucking effort, Chris. We, we we gave you this for free. Sort of. Yeah. Um. <laughs> remember that you are beautiful and unique and. Alive, mm. and of course, day. the most important advice: see it, say it, sort it. It's sorted. That's what I said. Yeah, I think maybe we could bring that in as our as, as our outro. <laughs> six one zero oh, one six. See it, say it, dice. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.